0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What I Wish I Knew with Brandy and Salitha. So today, this is going to be a
1: definite change from our other episodes. This is actually a new season. This is season two of our podcast. Um, And now we're going to do these little mini episodes where we call them Let's Talk. And basically, we're going to touch base on topics that we want to spread awareness to or just topics in general to bring awareness. And um, this is a place that we want to have the space to spread awareness, that awareness and change.
0: Yes. So in today's first Let's Talk episode, we're going to be talking about George Floyd's case where i'm going to give you the brief details on what happened and then we can jump into the video that went viral and everything else that is taking place right now to uh, bring awareness and change in our country george floyd was being restrained by a police officer his name is derek chauvin chauvin Chauvin. okay derek chauvin at the time and this was during the middle of the day so Uh, everyone could see what was happening. According to those that were there during the restraint, um, someone was taking a video and Floyd was cooperating with the police, but things were taken too far. Chalvin held uh, Floyd's neck down with his knee on the ground. And this was obviously choking him Mm -hmm. for many minutes. He screamed saying he couldn't breathe, but the officers did nothing. I believe there were a few that were still around there when Derek was on top of him. Mm
1: -hmm. They
0: were trying to arrest him for writing a bad check at a grocery store. So the physical extents that they took for this case specifically were just very unnecessary.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. The thing that's so crazy to me when I read the case details is when they said first it was just two officers because the store called and they actually found out it was a counterfeit twenty dollar bill, and mm-hmm. that's i'm i'm gonna leave my opinion for that because I feel like you know that's very that can happen where mm-hmm. either it was you know a counterfeit or something like mistaken or purposeful, so that's up in the air with what that was. but they called the police on him, and two officers came, and one of the two officers. He approached um, Floyd and pulled out his gun on him, and then he put it away after he realized, like, you know, Floyd wasn't like doing anything. But I'm just thinking, the craziness of it all is he was called. The police was called on him because he had a counterfeit twenty dollar bill, and the first thing they do is pull pull a gun on him. So that was just, I'm just like, especially
0: since yeah, especially since he was unarmed too.
1: Yes, he was unarmed. And so that's why I'm just thinking, I don't understand that. And so after that happened, then that's when Chauvin and the other officer, he came and then it started from there with what Salitha was saying. Um, The Chauvin, he put his knee on Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. In two minutes and 53 seconds, so three minutes of that, he was non-responsive, but he still stayed on him. And as Salitha was saying, he was continuously saying, like, I can't breathe. And he was calling Uh out to his mom, which is just horrifying that this is all going on and all these bystanders, you know, like, which is also a good thing because they some, like, people were recording and the video is what made this viral because who knows if anything that's happened now would have happened if this wouldn't have gone viral or somebody basically showed this is the evidence that it was excessive and negligence and murder. So
0: there's like so many other cases that are very similar to this, but we just don't even know about it because there was a recent case that was brought up to the public and, that was only shown because I think it, they, it's something about the law. They mm-hmm. uh, just recently released it. So that's just another case that we can touch on later. Yeah. But. I just, I don't know. And the craziest thing to me is that there
1: were those that were saying, um, if I want to get it correct, they were basically saying, oh, his death wasn't caused by asphyxiation. Like he had underlying health problems and that could have caused it, but it was most definitely um, caused by hate because somebody came out later, um, a doctor and said, like, you know, if regardless if he had health underlying health conditions or not, it was exasperated. His health conditions were exasperated by the fact of him being asphyxiated. So it's murder. Like, either way. Right. Um, If we're going to talk about what's happened after, um, basically, after this video went viral, and this happened May 25th again, and that was a Monday, so Memorial Day. And Friday, that's when things started taking into, was, like, being put into action. Because the craziest thing, I mean, it's not surprising because this happens a lot, but the fact that this man was able to go home with his family and everything and another George Floyd, another black man was dead and his family didn't get to see him. Um, that bothers me the most. Um, so they fired all four of the officers and, you know, people can say, oh my gosh, that's great. And I understand. That's great. But now it's like, OK, they need to be charged because they were chosen. He murdered um, Floyd and then the three other officers. They were a part of it. Um, and so right now, Minnesota is charged. He's been charged with third degree murder and uh, manslaughter. And yes. he's on a five hundred thousand dollar bond
0: right now. Oh, yeah. I-, I knew he was charged. I didn't hear about that bond. Um, but it, it's just crazy because I understand what, you, what you're saying where just because people get fired, that doesn't bring justice mm-hmm. to anything. And considering that it's been going on for so many years, um, you know, just because we have laws stating that basically like racism, end quote, is, you know, that existed mm-hmm. in the past. And, you know, we had MLK and all this and that. But I think some people are just forgetting the fact that there are still people out there that are being racist. Mm-hmm. And there are so many victims um, of it. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of the actions that are being taken right now it's kind of like floyd's death was like the peak of everyone's patience
1: oh for sure it was definitely a boiling point because i'm thinking in the past couple of months um the black people that have been murdered um recently today i want to say it was today in tallahassee a transgender black man was killed by police officers and you know that's the case now and so it's just, like, the fact that it's so – and it's during the – crate. like, this is during quarantine, slash quarantine, slash corona. So you would think people are trying to get closer to their families and, you know, they're being, you know, just taking this time to get really in touch with themselves. And It's just like this has been brewing. And, I mean, the, another thing, now that I'm thinking about it, the cra- the craziest thing to me is that they found – that Chauvin and Floyd, they actually worked as bouncers to get, no, uh, security guards or bouncers at the same nightclub and they had overlapping shifts. So that's what makes it a bit scarier is that
0: he, they probably, they most likely knew each other. Mm -hmm. I've heard of that. I actually heard that yesterday Mm -hmm. from someone I went to, to go meet and That just brings a lot of speculation in, especially if you already know someone who is in that position of power and abuses that power. Mm-hmm. It's like you have no idea how safe you are from yeah. you know past experiences with each other.
1: Yeah, it's it definitely it's definitely scary. And my personal opinion, I think he deserves more than just um, murder three and manslaughter because I, with how. My opinion, the justice system works. I really feel like he won't because, with what they said, if he gets convicted, he would get 25 years for murder three and 10 years for manslaughter. But with how things work, he probably won't even have to like serve all of that. Like, it probably will be cut not even in half, like, it'll probably be lesser than that. And it's just that I just don't feel like that's enough because. This man went home, like this man went home after murdering someone, and this was is and was able to live with that, and nothing was being done until this video was put out. And I, yeah. I honestly feel that if the pressure hadn't been put on them, they probably wouldn't have like fired and then been like, okay, we should charge him now, because the right. pressure wasn't put on them about, wow, this is an injustice. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And a lot of people are saying that, you know, if everything else that's happening right now, like, aside from the protesting, if all that pressure wasn't created, would anything have even happened? Was, would he even have been arrested? So mm-hmm. even the mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Frey, said that mm-hmm. he even knew, like, if Floyd was white mm-hmm. or Caucasian he would have been alive today.
1: Yeah. That's the, that's, that's just why it's so sad because, you know, even though I don't know him personally, it's like, I'm African-American, I'm black. So I connect with it in such a way that it's just. Yeah. Disheartening.
0: Yeah. Do you want to like, let's bring up that quote Obama said about, um, yeah, like, that guy. Literally,
1: Trayvon Martin, Um, when Trayvon Martin, he was a 17 year old boy, this happened a few years ago, because I know I was a young teen when this happened. And it was this case between Trayvon Martin was murdered by George Zimmerman. And George Zimmerman was basically in my he, he, he was let off. Like this man murdered this teenage boy, because mm-hmm. George Zimmerman was pretending to be patrol. And he decided that he was going to do that and mm-hmm. kill Trayvon Martin. Uh, I want to say Trayvon was 17 years old and Obama came out and said, like, like Trayvon could have been his son. That's the thing. It's like that's how he, like you can connect with it because he was able to connect with it because he's an African-American man. He's a black man in America. And the fact that he sees this young man that was murdered, it's it's tough. Like, it really is.
0: Yeah. And we're bringing this up because I feel like, you know, there are a lot of other supporters from other races mm -hmm. about this case, but it's, yes, you can be very sympathetic about something, but if you can imagine yourself, like, actually being that, like a part of that race yourself, you know, how, just imagine how deep Mm -hmm. that really is.
1: And in Europe, like, in, like have you experienced a case where in your own like where you've experienced it that is affected you in that way?
0: Yeah. So this case was about a Hmong American woman who went to a hospital in Wisconsin. She was pregnant at the time, and I think she had you know some problems, and there was a blood clot. But the thing was how I could really connect to, you know, this case with Floyd and like how African-American people are feeling right now is like this, this lady is Asian. I'm Asian. I'm Asian obviously. Mm -hmm. And so she was pregnant. She clearly can't do anything to, you know, go off and hurt anybody. She was put in an emergency room and she was in a lot of pain. It got to the point where she was losing color in her skin. Her body was shaking, but the nurse that was supposed to be helping her just put her in a room and said the doctor was going to be here in a little bit. So it passed, you know, it was 30 minutes to an hour and nobody came. So she rang the bell again to get assistance. It got to a point where she ended up talking to a receptionist and the receptionist said, Oh, you know, I'll get the nurse later. She just seems kind of, aggravated right now. Like right now is probably not the time. Well, this is a patient who's in pain. Clearly, if your nurse is busy, why don't you go get another nurse, in my opinion? Yeah. But she was like, well, um, if she has anything to say, she can say that to me. So she rang the bell to get, to get assistance. And the lady came in and she was like, you know, didn't I tell you and referred, to her, referred her as a chink that the doctor's. <sighs> are going to come and clearly like she's in this physical state where she needs help. And Mm -hmm. she said, I can't help you. I can't give you any medications because you are pregnant and a chink. So just imagine being in that situation and clearly there are no security cameras in the emergency room or wherever she was. And she still demanded help and she, the nurse went up to her and started pinching her arm and said, I'm not going to stop until you do something about it. So the pregnant lady clearly kicks her to get her out of the way because Mm -hmm. she's in pain and she goes, great. Now I have a reason to call security on you. And so she gets security to get the pregnant lady. And this happened in February of this year and mm-hmm. I guess recently, you know, the report that I was reading said that she has to go on trial just to defend herself.
1: That's ridiculous. That literally is ridiculous. I'm just, so yeah, it's just stuff like that. And, and see, that's how, um, you're able to connect in a way just because it, it like happens, it happens and sometimes there's nothing nothing done about it and the fact that she has to defend herself for
0: something
1: that something that was
0: provoked to do right and i mean we we're saying that you know i i can be very empathetic with this case because kind of like we brought up obama saying you know that could have been my son that mm-hmm. really could have. And, like, this lady, honestly, she could have been related to me. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. So, it's just... That's what racism has come to. hmm And I just feel like it's getting worse and worse.
1: Again, there's just... All these cases, I mean, from Ahmad Arbery to Breonna Taylor to countless... I mean, to... There's this case about... um and I I I guess I think his name was Christian and the lady's name was Amy Cooper. And I'm just thinking, literally this lady, she was walking her dog in Central Park, but she didn't have a leash on. And so uh the man he asked, the black man he asked if she could um put her dog on the leash because they weren't able to have their dog off leash and he's a bird watcher. Yeah. And she like made that huge complaint and she was all yelling like she got so upset and she said, you know what, I'm going to call the cops and tell them a black man, an African-American man is threatening me. Yeah. And you just see it, this situation escalate. And I'm just thinking the craziest thing is the fact that what happened to George Floyd could have happened to him. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, the fact that this man was at the end of the day, he was murdered. For a counterfeit twenty dollar bill and this woman uses her
0: like and and that is that's just that's privilege right there i saw that article too and it's just the fact that that like calling the police is the first thing that comes into her mind to Mm -hmm. threaten him just because he was african-american that mm-hmm. just comes to show that there are so many other cases that are exactly like Floyd's, and yeah. everyone knows about it. Yeah, it's just in like, the city, and like clearly that is privilege.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. I I mean, even I, I have to bring up the Breonna Taylor case really quick. Her in general it really bothered me because of the fact that this woman. She was in the house with her boyfriend. He, she's an EMT. She was an EMT, and these plainclothes officers busted into her house on a warrant of illegal drugs, and um, of course her her boyfriend is trying to defend the house from what he thinks are burglars, and they shot and killed Brianna. And then they tried to charge her husband with attempted murder of a police officer, although he didn't know they were police officers breaking into his house. And the charges were recently dropped. But I'm just thinking the fact that it's like they busted in her house over um, what do they call it? like a no knock search warrant. So they just busted into her house in the middle of the night. And I'm just thinking the craziness of that. And they had no identification of who they were. And I, I just, it just is crazy to me how it's like, not that this is happening, but the fact that people still don't want to identify this as racism and as privilege that other people, people, white people and others in authority may have in situations like this. Right. Um, if we're gonna, I mean, like we said before, how this has been going on for years, centuries, um just like the systematic systemic and structural racism um and oppression and that's like that's including for black people that's including like lynching jim crow laws unequal uh economic opportunities uh redlining mass incarceration like all of these things affect in some way and that's just a piece of what post-traumatic slave syndrome is by And this was coined by uh, Joy Deguri. I think I said her last name right. Um, She actually made a, she published a book in 2005 called Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, America's Legacy of Enduring Injury and Healing. And in 2008, she posted, she made another book called Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, The Healing. So if you want to know a little bit more about that, you can see those books, but that's that's just a piece again of what that is um and just after I said all this about the post-traumatic slave syndrome and all that which is a way bigger thing um just the fact that this can have such a huge effect on mental health um Black and African Americans living below poverty are three times more li- likely to report serious psychological distress than those living above poverty um, they are more likely to adult Black African Americans are more likely to have feelings of sadness hopelessness than adult whites um, I just like anything psychological affects physical so yes we have a Black people and african American, black people African Americans have a higher propensity for blood pressure, high blood pressure, or diabetes because these diseases come from somewhere, and just thinking of the stress the stress that you deal with from being black and knowing that there's going to be people that treat you differently or microaggressions, I mean minor infractions that could wind up becoming so much worse. Or escalated to a worse thing because of people that abuse their power. I mean, the craziest thing for me, I remember when I was, I think I was maybe 12. And I was with my mom and my family members that were male. And my mom and I, we were in the front seat and I was in the passenger seat and they were in the back. And my mom got stopped. And they all in unison basically said, they said, put your car in park, put your keys in the dash, reach for the registration before he gets here and put it on the dash and hand and hands on the steering wheel so they can see them. And I just remember being so scared because I'm thinking, what's about to happen? And like, just the fact that all these, the black men that the black men that were my family members in the backyard basically said the same thing. And it it just, like, brought this fear onto me. And that was just, like, a moment where I was like, this is crazy. Like,
0: And this was you when know, you were younger?
1: Yeah. I, I'm just thinking, like, all of this for a minor infraction. I think my mom, we, we were just coming from church. And I think my mom forgot to turn on her lights right away. Yeah. And so it's just, like, just to think of all the things you have to think of Because there's people that perceive you differently or Mm -hmm. they may feel a certain way. So they think, oh, you know, I can do this or something like that. And Mm -hmm. it's just crazy. So,
0: I mean, yeah, I'm actually glad you brought that up before I say what I'm going to say. According to the NAACP.org, African-Americans are actually incarcerated at more than five times the rate of whites. Mm -hmm. And just hearing your story about how you were so scared when you were younger, just being in that experience. I even remember like that reminded me, I was in my car and we were just, I guess I was my parents or whoever was driving was taking me home from school. Mm -hmm. And I saw like an old, she was an old lady walking on the sidewalk. She was talking to a cop. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I thought she was an old Asian lady whoever it was, and I i literally saw her just, like, he just pushed her down on the ground, and I don't even know what happened after that, but it was, like, and this was when I was younger, so yeah. I just feel like everything just be- is just being brought up to light. I'm pretty sure a lot of these things have been happening, like, way back in the past. Mm-hmm. So it's just crazy to, like, still have a lot of those things in your mind from years ago yeah I just I don't know I think that's the
1: craziest thing is um again I don't I don't even know why I say craziest I'm I'm saying that in projection of my feelings of people (laughs) that still don't understand that this is a thing like I'm just thinking all the instances or microaggressions I felt in my life or, you know, yours experiences as well. It's just like, this is very much alive and well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when you were talking about mass incarceration, Mm -hmm. that whole thing, five times more than likely than a white person, which is like, really, um, I mean, there's even a thing that's like from the NAACP, they said, uh, though, like, let's say black and brown people, that's including like African-Americans, Hispanics, um, make up approximately 32%. And this was in 2015, approximately, make up pro- approximately t- 32% of the U.S. population. They, compri- they comprise 56% of the incarcerated people and i'm just thinking like (laughs) y'all still listen this is a problem that that huge chunk of people are the ones incarcerated and that's an even bigger thing that's like go on about why um but i i mean they even said if african americans or uh, hispanics were incarcerated at the same rates as whites prison and jail populations would decline by almost 40%. And I'm just thinking, how crazy is that? That like huge percentage. Um, I, I just don't understand like why it, this is continuing.
0: It, yeah. And it's all due to, you know, racism. This episode mm-hmm. is what it's about racism really and mm-hmm. we were focusing on the recent cases with Floyd and focusing on, you know, the movement of Black Lives Matter. But we, we're we talking about this in regards to how injustice some things are with our system, and it's not, you know, an attack against, you know, all police officers or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure, because I'm not saying all police officers are horrible. But I will say I have, uh, because of my experience and what I've experienced, I do, I I am nervous. I never want to be stopped because, and I make sure to obey all the traffic laws because personally, I don't know what something as small as me may be missing a stop sign. I mean, I would never do that, but who knows? (laughs) Something as small as like, you know, missing a stop sign, and I get pulled over, and something happens. It's just crazy. So that's why it's just like, it's very hard to know who to trust, because I can't differentiate between good cop and bad cop, because they're all wearing badges. It's just only some of them that get caught.
0: So who knows? You can't, you can't tell. I mean, it would be nice to know. But I mean, (laughs) that's something that I even reflected on, too. It's like, I look at you know these people as people who are you know are supposed to be doing their jobs protecting us mm-hmm. but then again you just don't know what people's intentions are it doesn't matter what your title is and yeah. just the fact that you have to live with that fear it's unnecessary yeah but what other choice do you have if you know there isn't a change Mm-hmm. for sure um Yeah. So similar to what we've been talking about throughout this whole episode and the case that I brought up with the Asian American woman, um, her name was Bao Law, Mm -hmm. the lady who basically is in trial now because she was defending herself because a nurse was being racist to her and, you know, refusing to, to serve her because she was in pain and you know, we can get into all of those details and a lot of other cases with how Asian Americans are being treated now due to mm-hmm. the coronavirus that is, you know, the pandemic that's happening right now. A mm-hmm. lot of the blame is being pointed at, you know, towards Asians mm-hmm. and it's it's put in um, a lot of, it Start it has started a lot of fears within the community and all that so in our next let's talk episode we will be talking about the impacts of everything that's going on and how asians are kind of targeted for this virus
1: to listen to the rest of this episode visit our instagram page at what i wish i knew podcast Sel and i continue the conversation through a zoom call